Hi, Dr. Franchelle Hamilton, and you're listening to Your Health Transformed, founder of NeuroSwitch Weight Loss. And I am super excited as a bariatric surgeon to bring this series to you, The Bariatric Journey, where I talk to several bariatric patients and we discuss the down and dirty of their journey and what they're going through and kind of get rid of all the myths about bariatric and bariatric surgery. So we talk about the good and the bad in hopes to educate those who are going through this journey or considering it. Uh, This is not an easy journey. It's not what you see on TV and it's not the easy way out. So I'm excited to introduce you to the bariatric journey. Hi, and welcome back to the podcast, Your Life Transformed. I am your host, Dr. Franchelle Hamilton, and we are continuing our series on the bariatric journey. I am excited for our guest today, Melanie Buns, who is going to talk about her journey pre and post and what she's currently going through. So I'm excited for her to be on the show and share her real life journey in this conversation today. Hey, Melanie, how are you? Hi, Dr. Hamilton. I'm great. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for being on the show. I know sometimes it's hard to talk about this, but I'm, I'm glad you're, you're here and, and we're able to kind of have a raw conversation about this. Yeah, no, I love talking about my journey and I love talking about weight loss and just how the journey has changed my life. I, so I'm happy to be here. I'm honored okay. to be here. All right, perfect. Well, thank you. Thank you. So usually I like to know, first of all, what surgery did you choose and why? Okay, great question. So um, the surgery that I chose was the vertical sleeve. Um, Originally, when I had thought and contemplated about weight loss surgery, I thought I needed to get a bypass. But um, once I met with my surgeon and then did my own research, I just found out Well, the way, okay, not that I found out. Why I decided to pick the vertical sleeve was after I got the info about each surgery, I was really freaked out about the bypass being that they go in and rearrange your intestines. Mm -hmm. That really scared me. And then also I know different surgeons say different things to different people, but he also told me like there's, you know, risk or complications um, down the line when you get older with that surgery. You could get an ulcer, you could get a kinked um, intestine. And then he explained the vertical sleeve, how, you know, they go in, they remove 80%. Well, he removed 80% of my stomach and it's just like a clean cut. So for me, I thought, go inside and rearrange my intestines. Hmm. Or go in and just do a clean cut. Take it out. It's yeah. gone. Don't have to worry about it. And I heal and I'm sewed up. So I went, you know, with the vertical sleeve. Although a lot of people say you lose more weight when you get the bypass. I don't really know if that's true. So far, I felt like it did a lot for me. I've lost, you know, quite a bit of weight. So I'm happy with my decision. However, I was nervous about GERD. That was the only complication they talked about. But I didn't suffer from any acid reflux um, ever, except when I was pregnant. I had a little bit of acid reflux. And so I just, okay. So I just went through with the sleeve. I was like, I'm not rearranging my intestines. No, thank you. Yeah, that's actually very common. Yeah. Um, That's a common reason people decide to go with the sleeve versus the gastric bypass. The gastric bypass 
can have some more complications um, additional that the sleep does not have, right? They each kind of have their own ones, but there are some that are more specific to gastric bypass that the sleep you typically do not have. And to kind of respond based on the book, although in my patients, and I'm sure you know people where it's been even, but based on the book, the bypass does lose a little bit more weight than the sleeve, but I've had patients do just as well with both. So yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I guess you are right. I guess they maybe do lose, lose a little bit more. And I remember like the nutritionist that worked with the surgeon was like, oh, you need to do a bypass. You need to do a bypass. Like, I wonder why she did. She say why she felt like you should do bypass or? Oh, because you're 350 pounds or your highest weight was 350 pounds and you're, you know, you're real short and you're going to lose more weight. You're going to lose more Hmm. weight. And when I talked to the surgeon, the surgeon was like, well, you know, you're young, you don't have any acid reflux complications. And I don't know if it was his personal preference of doing the sleeve. Maybe. the bypass but he was like I think we should do the um sleeve and then that's when I did my research and then that's what made my decision like we're going to cut it out and not worry about stuff being rearranged yeah no I agree and you can do just as well how many months out are you right now so I will be 22 months um next month so I'm 21 months post-op so almost two years Wow, that's great. And did you have, did I hear you say you were pregnant? Did you have a baby since oh. your surgery or? Oh, no, no, no. Okay. Uh, so okay. My daughter is six. I okay, was, that was before. Okay. Yes, before. <laughs> Hopefully in the future. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. And then what made you decide to even get a bariatric surgery? Like what brought you into that surgeon's office? So what brought me into the surgeon's office? So like in my lower twenties, I always joked around like I'm gonna have to get lipo. I'm, you know, I can't lose the weight. Like I'm gonna have to get lipo one day. You know, blah blah blah. And I was joked around about it. I was joked around about like being the big girl or being overweight. And as time went on, you know, I just kept gaining weight. It started about my early twenties, I believe. And then after I had my daughter in 2015 my weight just skyrocketed up. And before I knew it, I stepped on the scale. I was back home. And I remember this was like, um, what do people say? Not a mind blown. When they hit rock bottom, right? Like you hit rock bottom when something's going on in your life, right? Yeah. I remember going back home to visit my family in Colorado. I live here in San Diego now. And um, I stepped on the scale. In my grandma's bathroom, they had this old scale. And I was like, I'm going to step on it and see what it is. Yeah. You know, because I haven't yeah. stepped on it for years. And it said 300. Well, first it said error, error, error. And I'm like, okay. So when I stepped on it again, it said 350 pounds. And I was like, oh my God. Like, what is going on with you? We cannot. And this is, this is no. Like, you didn't, you didn't know you had gained. Yeah. I mean, you know, but something in your head, at least for me, I like would block it out. Like I would look in the mirror and tell my, look at myself and think of myself looking like when I was like 16 or 18 years old, I wasn't looking at the real person in the mirror physically, like my brain, like blocked that out. So like, of course I knew, right? Like I could only shop at certain clothing stores. Um, when I went on the airplane I could barely wear the seatbelt with an extender. But 
I just kind of just blocked it out. And when I stepped on that scale and, you know, I was 350 pounds and I had talked about it previously, like I'm going to move to San Diego. It's a brand new life. I'm going to get the surgery. Well, I moved here. A year went by. I didn't do anything about it, but it was just that, that something turned on in my head, like a snap, a light bulb. And I was like, when I go back, I'm going to get serious. I'm going to call, I'm going to call my insurance, call the program and I got to get started. I got to get the surgery. This is going to be the only thing that's going to help me become a healthy, happy person again. And I wanted to live. I was yeah. scared, you know, with yeah. being so overweight that I wasn't going to be able to see my daughter grow up, get married, have her own kids, you know, yeah. and I was starting to get health complications as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's understandable. So yeah. That's kind of what triggered you to go in that surgeon's office. And so prior to that, were you feeling, what were things that you've done in the past? Did anything work or? So things I've tried in the past, I've tried Weight Watchers. Um, I've even tried Nutrisystem where they send your meals to you. I've had gym membership after gym membership. Um, You know, the cinnamon cayenne liquid diet, drink this, get cleansed. I've tried any diets you could think of. I've never tried Jenny Craig, just mostly I stuck to like Weight Watchers and trying to go to the gym and, you know, it worked, but it didn't work because I wasn't consistent. You know, I'd fall back into old habits. Like I would basically make food the enemy and deprive myself, which in reality made me want to eat. Correct. Oh my gosh. That's exactly what happens. That's exactly what happens. Yeah. And thinking of it as a diet and a temporary fix, like it is, it's a lifestyle change to keep the weight off and to keep your health in the way I feel it should be for yourself. You, you got to hold yourself accountable to what you're doing. How many times are you going out to eat? What are you eating? When are you eating? Are you exercising? Are you not exercising? You have a gym membership. Do you have a workout plan? Are you doing this every day? Are you doing this three times a day? You have to be consistent. So for me, I felt like it never worked because I was never consistent. Yeah, I agree. And And I like what you said when you mentioned one, thinking of it as a diet versus a lifestyle change. A diet is something that's you can jump on, jump off, almost start or stop. So anybody who thinks, of, oh, I'm just going to go on a diet, that's automatically going to fail. And then the other thing I like that you said is um, almost like the the mindset thing and, and the fact that you felt like when you were on these, you deprived yourself so much that you make it, that you wanted it more. That is a neurological thing. Like that's happened so much and this is what happens quote unquote in the diet industry anyway like we make default habits that we're used to and then when we try to like almost like trenches in a road and then when we try to kind of veer off of those to do something temporary it it, the car wants to pull you back into those trenches you know Mm -hmm. and that's what happens over time and so that's why Mm -hmm. those deprivation type of diets and programs will never work because it's very difficult to kind of stay on that pathway so, no, that's, you, you hit the nail right on the head. And a lot of people, when they go through that, they almost like what I call like relapse. They like go on a quote unquote diet for so long. 
And then they can't stay on that diet. So they're like, forget it. I'm hungry. I'm hungry or have cravings. Mm -hmm. And then they start going to their cravings. And what Mm -hmm. anxiety does and what the person sometimes thinks is, oh, this is, it's my fault. And so once sometimes Mm -hmm. people like give in, so to speak, they're like, Mm -hmm. forget it. I'm not doing the diet anymore. I'm just going to do what I want to do. But what's, what's really happening, it's not the person's fault. This is a a brain thing in the head. Your body Mm -hmm. was feeling deprived and it triggered you to want to kind of do in these different directions. And then once you got like the sensation and the comfort from that, it was mm-hmm. almost like, I'm just going to stick with this, you know? Because it feels good. Well, yeah, correct. Like, it feels good. Yeah, exactly. And so what after surgery then, mm-hmm. um, how did you almost like uh, control this? Like, or what are you doing now? Like you still you don't deprive yourself or do you like, what are you doing now to kind of make this a lifestyle? Okay. So no, I do not deprive myself. Um, So I'm kind of struggling with that and I'll touch back on that. But after surgery to answer your first question, um, what did I do? Well, pre-op before surgery, um, I was seeing a counselor. She was actually the counselor that did my evaluation to get the surgery. Cause you know, when you need to get a, when you're trying to get approved for bariatric surgery, at least for my insurance, you have to get mentally evaluated. You have to do these classes for six months. At least my classes were six months. I know that's pretty standard. Mm -hmm. Okay. Everybody's different. Um, I started to see her because, um, I was supposed to have my surgery March 15th into 2020, but as we all know, COVID hit and they canceled my surgery. And I'm like, oh no, like I was so pumped. I was so ready. What am I going to do now? Like I have to wait, but I still need to stick, you know, on trying to eat well, doing my protein shakes. And I'm like, I'm going to talk to the lady that approved my surgery or, you know, that did my mental evaluation and I'm going to do counseling with her because this is like a mind thing. Like, yes, you know, this is a head game. Like there's not that there's something wrong in my head, but I know what I know from what I'm taught and I only know what I've been doing and I'm going to need some support. Yeah. So I did counseling pre-op all the way until my rescheduled surgery, which was July 22nd, 2020. Yeah. And I continued treatment um, for about a year and a half. I just recently yeah. stopped seeing her about five months ago. Yeah, perfect. So pre-opt and after surgery, it was almost two years that I did um, therapy. Yeah, the, the yeah. mental work. And you're, this is what's helped you, correct? Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. If yeah. I didn't do it before, I may have not even went through with the surgery. Yeah. I might have just said, oh, Corona, you know, screw it. Yeah. I'm not going to do this because it, it was scary. Of course, I was scared yeah. to know that I was going to go cut an organ out of my body. I was going to mm-hmm. remove 80% of my stomach. What was life going to be? Was I ever going to eat again? Would I ever be able to have an ice cream, drink a sip of soda? Like, it's scary. You don't yeah. know. Exactly. Exactly. It's definitely so, not an easy decision in choosing to do bariatric surgery. Just as you laid out, there's so many questions that go through your head. And you were lucky and very smart to get this help, this support, to be able to answer some of that. Sometimes, honestly, after surgery, people are just like left to their own devices, like, and and don't know, you know, just kind mm-hmm. of have these thoughts in their hand, head, like, will I ever, could I ever, what happens if, you know what I'm saying? And honestly, after the surgery, 
if everything goes well, a lot of people don't see their bariatric surgeon regularly. You know what I'm saying? It's usually some, I'm a hundred percent a proponent of the mental and the mindset reset that is required. It's not talked about in bariatric surgery. Your bariatric surgeon probably didn't even talk to you about it because we're not trained mm -hmm. to do this. We we send you guys for the evals as a checkbox, kind of like what you were saying, in mm -hmm. order to get approval. But that part is so important, just to me, as important as the actual surgery. And that's kind of what I want to highlight. So I'm glad that you were able to get this help for almost two years. And so in response to how did you do it? How did you reset these different things to be able to deal with it after bariatric surgery? Your response is, I went to therapy, essentially, counseling, and that perfect. helped me through. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, because it gave me the tools I needed to cope with what my diagnosis was. So I was diagnosed as an emotional eater slash binge eater. Mm -hmm. and we kind of just really dug deep figured out like for me I wanted to know like well when did this happen why triggers. did this happen yep. what are the okay. triggers so yep. learning all of that and then you know um my doctor was Dr. Shapiro and mm -hmm. she gave me you know like what's called a toolbox and like for example what are things you can do when you're feeling overwhelmed or stressed that will keep you from running to the pantry to over you know to eat to fill to feel comforted. Mm -hmm. And so we would talk about items like, you know, lighting a candle, having a candle on, walking outside, yep. feeling the sun, uh, maybe even, you know, I work from home. I'm blessed to work from home. So taking a break and putting a TV show on for 10 minutes, just mm -hmm. anything you could do. So we were taught to have a toolbox. So yes, I really feel what's kept me going and has kept me on track was definitely for sure um, the, the counseling, the yeah. therapy. Yeah, well, honestly, and you, you made a good point because I would say a large percentage of um, patients in general are emotional eaters. A lot of people are emotional eaters. This is a very common thing, right? Some people, because they're emotional eaters, are more genetically predispositioned to have obesity or diabetes or whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. Other people you may know can emotionally eat nothing. You know what I'm saying? So it's a very common yes. diagnosis. And then, but for those who are predisposed genetically or environmentally or all these reasons to end up with chronic conditions, those that you need to uh, probably address the triggers. And so surgery yes. alone does not treat that. Like, I just want to put that out there because there's so many other diagnoses that go into perhaps um, getting when you're getting um, a bariatric surgery, anxiety, sometimes depression, emotional eating, binge eating. Like, there's so many other things, mm -hmm. right, that doing a surgery is not going to treat those things. So if you don't get treatment for those things, you potentially could sabotage your bariatric surgery. So I just want to throw that out there because that's perfect. That You're absolutely right. Yeah, and you are so correct because, okay, sure, for the time being, you know, you're not eating much. You're eating, yeah, you know, correct. And eventually, yeah. But eventually, you're going to be able not to eat like you used to eat, but you're going to be able to tolerate more things. And if you didn't care what's up here, you know, there is potential to, like you said, sabotage your bariatric surgery. You could go mm -hmm. back into old habits, yep. you know, and. And nothing wrong with gaining some weight after bariatric surgery. Correct. You know, that is normal. However, um, we all, everybody that's done bariatric surgery have all done this for 
you know, our personal reasons. And yeah. of course, we never want to go back to yeah. what our highest weight was or what it was we were feeling or how we were, you know, like yeah. for me, I feel like a brand new person. So you yeah. are so correct. Exactly. Bariatric surgery does not cure your head. It does yeah. not. Correct. So much for listening to this episode. I hope you download or subscribed if you liked what you were listening to, and I hope we were able to help transform your health journey wherever you may be in that road. Thank you for listening, and until next time, don't just reroute your stomach, rewire your brain.